0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Who could be the surprise X factor for the Bucks in Super Bowl 55? And will Tom Brady retire if he wins another Super Bowl ring? Is Jason Pierre-Paul... A Hall of Famer. We've got your mailbag questions answered 100% correctly on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Verstig. This episode of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Marada, where life is like a staycation every day. Contact them at com. All right, Steve, it's the Super Bowl 55 edition, I guess, predominantly of... Uh... Our mailbag segment haven't had one of these in quite a while. Getting a lot of questions, of course, as you might expect uh, about the Super Bowl, which is now just a few days away. Hard to believe the media day will be next Monday, um, so we are almost there.
1: But um, let's get started. It's going to be weird. No football this weekend. Yeah, I mean, well, the I, well, you get the Bowl, virtual, virtual Pro Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, although I don't. know. Do you even count the Pro Bowl as a football game
0: normally? It was pretty virtual already, if you <laughs> ask me. I mean, it was like it was two handed touch, but. Uh, yeah, normally we would be. Well, they would had the game in Orlando. Yeah. I think this was year's going, game it was, was going to was Vegas, going to Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah Las Vegas. Um, and uh, the only player who uh, you know who was supposed to play in this virtual game that cannot will be Jason Pierre-Paul. Pretty hard to believe that the Bucks, you know, are the NFC champions and they got exactly one Pro Bowl player uh, on that list. I, you know, Devin White should have made it. I think Levante David. Of course, I've been saying that for years. Maybe after you play in a Super Bowl,
1: maybe that will add to your, uh, you know, your Pro Bowl possibilities. Well, know. we've talked about that with the Pro Bowl, where you generally make it your first time the year after. Mm. And it's you know the Bucks have not been in the national conversation. Thirteen as years, great as Levante David is, very few know about him. I mean, people in the game do, but yeah. But from a fan perspective, in that now you're starting to see, wow, Levante David's good. Devin White's a beast. Uh, Vita Vea, look how good he is at stopping the run. Carlton Davis and Bunting, or, you know, in the backfield and, and Antoine Winfield, you know, going to get a lot of play, particularly if he plays well in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, you know, that they're going to start getting their recognition now that people are seeing. They've been on prime time, although they kind of stunk it up a few of them early in the season. But, well, the, but national the playoffs. TV games, yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah I, I would say that hurt them because they mm-hmm. kept losing on national TV and they didn't have their best performances. What's weird, though, is. The Pro Bowl is a function. It's a it's a three prong thing, right? You have the Mm -hmm. fan vote, you have coaches, and you have players. But players, if they don't play against you and don't see you on national TV, probably aren't going to vote necessarily for you. So, um, again, that's why those national TV games are so important. But I would agree with you. They'll they'll more than likely, guys like Sean Murphy, Bunting, even could have. You know, if he has a solid year next year. Could vault himself
1: into the conversation. So, well, if you remember, Carlton Davis was leading the cornerback in the NFC, and then the I think Kansas got City game by happened. Tyree by Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that that ended his eligibility. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that that really wasn't fair because not not many, a, a lot of corners would look just like that chasing Tyree Hill through the end zone if they were asked to cover him man-to-man.
1: That was more uh, of a scheme issue that day than it was a Carlton Davis issue. And
0: and to be honest, a couple of those, if you really watch, a couple of those throws are just pinpoint. I mean, he actually Mm -hmm. has decent coverage. I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, short of actually knocking the ball away, uh, he's as close to Tyreek Hill as you can be without, you know, without actually making contact with the football. But they were tremendous throws as well as uh, Tyreek Hill is just, you know, fast. Speaking of
1: Tyreek Hill, did you see Scotty Miller's comment?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's all. I, I, Do you think listen, he's
1: as fast as Tyreek Hill? Uh,
0: he, mm, well, we should ask Carlton Davis because he's been beaten by both. No, uh, <laughs> I, you know, he's probably right there. I mean, I think he ran like a four two something, four two nine, four two six, something like that, at his workout day at Bowling Green a couple years ago. He was a track guy, and he was like, there's some vintage footage of him like you know running guys down from you know a hundred yards away so he's really really fast yeah. i don't know that four three
1: nine he ran at his pro day
0: at His pro day four three nine yeah i'll tell you i think i'd take tyreek hill and yeah. pads anyway And I, hill's, I mean hill's uh, pro day he ran a four two nine yeah i, I think tyreek's probably but it was cool that like tyreek mm-hmm. uh retweeted it and said good for him you know he's a great player like he was very humble about it and uh but what you know you're one of those you know i mean that you can't you can't have a good answer there, right? Because mm-hmm. if you say, "Oh no, no," I, you know, he's definitely faster than me. I mean, first of all, how do you know? Secondly, you always bet on yourself, right? Yeah. You got to show confidence in that situation. So, well,
1: it's always like those stories of you know, the player guarantees victory because before a big game, they ask, "Do you think you're going to win?" Well, yeah, I think yeah, I'm going to win,
0: right? No, put your money on the <laughs> opponent. Like, yeah, says they're going to win. Okay, well, yeah, I hope he thinks that. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to play with a guy that thinks they're going to lose. So. Yeah, that was a tough – but he did a really nice job on the – it's a little – you know, I've been on that show a few times. I mean, you know, Dan makes you feel terrific, and he's great with guests, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's good for Scooter Miller. Look, I'll say this. um, You know, we watched the Rondi Barber play over and over again, right, from the uh, Super Bowl year of 2002. It's the penultimate, as of now, it's the penultimate play in franchise history. It's the one that sealed the NFC Championship, got them to San Diego to beat the – you know, the Raiders for, for the Super Bowl 37. And so if you point to one play in franchise history that's the most iconic, it's Ronnie Barber's 92-yard interception return at the vet. If the Bucks win the Super Bowl, failing a play in the Super Bowl game itself, which could certainly happen, right? Um, you could have, you know, a last-second field goal or a, or a touchdown or something like that. Certainly possible. But if they were to go on and win it in a matter-of-fact way, um, I would say that Scotty Miller's Scotty Miller's touchdown reception in Green Bay may not top Rondi Barbers, but for this year might be the biggest play uh, of the postseason for them because I'm telling you, when I was there, and when they went up, what, 21-7 to at that point, I think, um, the air came out of whatever was left in Lambeau Field. It it was, you know, and and then they played, you know, they were playing catch-up the whole way, and they damn near did catch-up. But the fact that they hit that touchdown pass uh, and it was so beautifully thrown and executed – uh, that that play is, is going is to live a long time in, in Bucks lure, uh, particularly if they, they win the Super Bowl. And for that matter, look at all the plays Scotty May- Miller has made. I mean, you start adding up the 30-plus yard receptions that this guy has had this year, it's incredible. I mean, they rarely miss on one of those throws. You know, he catches every one of them. And um, there's been probably more than a half a dozen, I know, of over 30 and some 40 yards, so... You know good for good for him, man. He's been he's been a heck of a of a performer and, and and very consistent. And I know Tom trusts him. So we'll see. If Antonio Brown plays, I don't know how many reps I want to take from Scotty. I'm gonna still get him in the game if I were Bruce Arians.
1: Well maybe you line him up in the backfield so that uh you know they can actually catch balls.
0: Oh. Yeah, they they tell you what, the drops are a problem. It's not just the running backs. Clearly Leonard Fournette mm-hmm. had a couple big yep. ones in in the first drive. Mike Evans has dropped some now. Chris Chris Godwin Godwin, continues to struggle, although, you know, credit him. He came right back after he dropped that one pass and made a juggling 50-yarder, right? Mm -hmm. So they're battling through a little stage fright or whatever it is. You hope that's not the case. There's also plenty of examples in the Super Bowl history, you know, Jackie Smith and some others that, that drop, you know, touchdown passes, and you don't want to be known for that, right? You don't want to be known for the guy that, you know if not for this drop the the bucks win the super bowl so they're gonna have to get that out of their system and um it's just it's weird with godwin because i'm telling you for about two years i don't think godwin dropped a ball like i think you know the number of targets to completions um were ridiculous and he may have had one drop all of last season if that so it's really unusual to watch him struggle with it but he's definitely fighting his hands a little bit and you know hopefully uh an extra week of practice or so, you can get reacclimated. The good thing is the game is at Raymond James Stadium. There is no sight lines that are going to be different for you, and you know he just needs to relax and play.
1: But uh, that is a story right now of their uh, of their postseason. All right, we'll start with our mailbag, and we'll kind of you may pick Scotty Miller for your answer to this one. But Ellis asked, "Who could be a surprise hero, X factor for the Bucks in the Super Bowl?"
0: You know, uh, this is, and there are a lot of people, right? You could look at the defense even and say, well, you know, um, Sean Murphy Bunting or Antoine Winfield Jr., who we didn't get to see in the championship game. Um, you know, there could be a number of guys on that side of the ball. You know, I'm going to go back and, and look, Leonard Fournette, like playoff Lenny, I like. Playoff Lenny has been sensational. You know, playoff Lenny is averaging, you know, in two of the three games, about four, four, seven, four, eight. a carry. Playoff Lenny has three touchdowns in the last two or three games. Playoff Lenny is the starter right now. Um, however, I'm not going to forget about Ronald Jones because I think in this game, right, you have to stay committed to running the football if, if you can avoid falling way behind. I mean, that's going to be the key, right? Stay in the game, stay in the game. Keep that offense off the field. We've seen a bigger commitment to running the football and we've seen them using both those guys um as evenly as they can although you know fournette obviously had that big twenty yard run which was run of the playoffs uh, for the touchdown and so he got the bulk of the carries I still think Ronald Jones has a huge play in him remember the run that he had against Kansas City for a touchdown earlier this season when they were down seventeen Ronald Jones is a home run hitter and in Super Bowls you know you you need those splash plays right that uh, uh that that wins games i think i'm going to say i'm going to say ronald jones plays a huge role in this super bowl somewhere down the line
1: that's a good one i like that one i think i think vita vea may play a big role too in and just forcing him and and sue forcing that the middle to be clogged up against patrick mahomes um and, and and if you can slow down any running game that they have, granted, I mean they pass it a ton, but you slow down yeah. their running game, it's going to make that back end so much better and, and allow mm-hmm. you to to cover better. Um, right? You know, I I just think Vita Vea when you pair him with Dominican Kinsu and then you've got you know Barrett and JPP on the outside. That's that's a that's a dominant defensive. It's line. It's made
0: all the difference, and I mm-hmm. like your pick better than my pick, and I'll tell you why because I should have thought of Vita Vea to me. Vita Vea was the difference in the championship game. When mm-hmm. you have three interceptions in the second half and they score a total of six points, six, mm-hmm. and the reason why that you had five sacks and a three by Barrett and two by JPP is they got one on ones. They got one on ones and they beat them. And the reason they got one on ones is because of those two guys inside. You have to put two, you know, two pair of hands on on either Sue or. Or um, Vita Vea, who pushed the pocket and, and did not allow, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers to step up, which is what he wants to do. And then when they, when he tried to escape out to the right or the left, those guys were able to to get off blocks and make make the sacks. And to me, thirty three snaps for a guy that hadn't played in fifteen weeks, and you know he's not in the best football shape. You know he he probably has put on a little bit of weight. You know all those things, right? But the fact is, the guy is still. Uh, one of the strongest guys in the NFL, he's unblockable with one person, and he absolutely can just use his strength and quickness um, as an athlete, you know, to 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 just push the pocket. He didn't play against the Chiefs. If he can do that against Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, this this defense will be the reason why the Bucks. Won. I still think the defense will be the reason why the Bucks win anyway. But um, you know, they have not; they are not prepared for Villavea. They have not felt. Vita Vea on the field and that kansas city chiefs offensive line they're down to really one starter if you if mm-hmm. you looked at the beginning of the season you said okay who are they starting one guy opted out both tackles got hurt including eric fisher i mean they they are you know credit them they have had to change the way they play you know patrick mahomes is not throwing the ball down the field as much anymore um he's using more quick passes he's you know um getting it out of his hands a little better So and they're doing some things with the bootlegs and waggles and trying to protect that offensive line, but you know credit Andy Reid for you know retrofitting the game plan a little bit here. But Vita Vea could be a big big player in this game. I he certainly was in the NFC Championship game. You won't see it on the stat line, but trust me, we watched every play, and they had no answer for him. They they could not they could not block him. They could not run inside. And you know it was really um, just what a huge addition for the Bucks to get back at this point in the year after the guy you know fractured his leg as
1: grotesquely as he did against Chicago. All right, Les writes us and he says, "I'm still in disbelief after that walk off pick six against Atlanta to end the 2019 season. It seems surreal that this team would be in the Super Bowl." Rick, would you put Tom Brady in the Bucks Ring of Honor just based on what he has done for the Bucks so far? Um.
0: Yeah, I mean not so far. I mean, I, listen, I I think he's going to win a Super Bowl <laughs> or two. Um, to get to a Super Bowl, would he be with with one season? Probably not. Did they? I'm I'm curious. I don't have the answer to this. Whether Peyton Manning is in the uh, Broncos Ring of Honor or not, I imagine he would be.
1: He took with, him to uh, two Super Bowls, so. two
0: Super Bowl appearances, and and look, I mean, yeah, why not? I mean, because it. You know, he transcends just the quarterback position. I mean, we know what he's done, you know, with the over 4,000 yards and the 40 touchdowns and all that. Like we've been saying over and over again, he has he has changed the entire culture of, of this team. The culture is winning, winning is culture. He's the greatest winning quarterback of all time. And no matter what you think of what's left of his physical skills or not, I mean, he is... He took a franchise that didn't make the postseason for 13 years and has him in the Super Bowl in the first year. And if he does anything close to that again or wins this one, I wouldn't stand in the way of a guy going in the Bucks ring of honor. I mean, it's an honor to have him on the team. Why not put him on your stadium, you know? Remind people that, hey, Tom Brady's career finished here. Um, you know, I'd have no problem with that. And the fact is, other than Doug Williams, right, what other quarterback is up there right now? I don't, I don't know that there is one is there Steve Steve Young's not up there because he didn't win but mm-hmm. um you know Trent Delfer same thing I mean you know Jameis Winston's not going up there even though he's the all-time leading passer in Buck's history so uh you know Tom Brady has you know set the touchdown record most touchdown passes he holds a bunch of passing records other than and I think he's the second I think he might have I think he's third all-time for a single season in terms of yards Jameis has the first two I believe so he's already etching his name into the record book. So, yeah, if you if you put rings on these guys' fingers, man, you deserve to be up there. Hell, you may see a statue outside the stadium. I mean, Jason Light talked about wanting a statue of Bruce Arians outside the stadium. Trust me, <laughs> if he wins a couple Super Bowls, man, or maybe even one, you might see Tom Brady's image out there too.
1: I did a quick Internet search. It doesn't look like Manning is in the – broncos ring of fame is what they call it but ring of fame but i mean well there's still time to put him in he's only been retired for four or five years
0: yeah and he's going and typically what what, Mm -hmm. you know i mean sometimes you can do it before or after sometimes they wait until the guys go into the pro football hall of fame if you got one of those type of guys you know you don't want to you know not for nothing but it's just our ring of honor it's not exactly canton ohio um yeah, we'll see. I wonder. I wonder how Denver feels about that. I mean, I, I you know he didn't play there long, obviously, but man, he made an impact.
1: No, yeah, but Lynch Lynch only played four seasons there, and he's in the Ring of Fame. So there you go. It doesn't yeah. have to be. I would bet that there. Peyton.
0: I would bet Peyton Manning ends up there.
1: I would think you know? so. I mean, he did At bring him a point. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Simon and Joe both had uh, similar questions, and essentially, it was: If Brady wins this weekend, is he going to walk away, or how long do you think he's going to play?
0: He will not walk away, in my opinion. And I, you know... Well, we heard heard Bruce
1: Arians say hell no to walking away.
0: Well, Bruce is hell no, and and that didn't surprise me. The question was good, but it wasn't anything I thought would be answered any differently. Um, No, Tom Brady will not walk away. Because if you know anything about Tom Brady, it's that he thinks people want him to walk away. And that's precisely why he won't. Um, You know... He loves it down here. Tom Brady's mentality will be win or lose, but particularly, particularly if he loses. But if he wins, this, this will still be his take. It will be, hey, um, I came down here. I didn't know anybody. We had no offseason. We had no training camp. I didn't know the offense. Didn't know the players except for Gronk. And we won a, we won a Super Bowl. Watch what I can do with some normalcy in a second year of this system and and knowing these guys now to start a season, right, as opposed to my first games in New Orleans, I hadn't had a single preseason game or been on the field with these guys at all. He's going to say, hey, that's just – I'm just getting started, you know. The old Al Pacino, I'm just getting warmed up. It's going to be exactly that for Tom Brady. And look, what evidence is there that any of his physical skills, such as they are, have been eroded at all. I mean, he threw the ball beautifully, threw it down the field beautifully, threw it with velocity, um, has a good offensive line, a good defense. His team's only going to get better. No, nah, he's he's not going to walk away if the confetti falls on his head, unless, unless Giselle says, you know, no more. And I mean it. I'm leaving you. No more. But I think they've worked that out. I think she recognizes that he's going to play football until he thinks he can't play at a high level anymore. There's not a whole lot she can do to stop him. You know? uh, as long as his health is good and he's not taking shots to the head, and there's no evidence that he is. Um, if he comes out of this Super Bowl healthy, then absolutely. you know, Barring anything health-related, uh, Tom Brady will be back in 2021, and if that goes well, I think he'll be back in 2022.
1: Maybe Giselle was just, uh, Giselle was just saying no more New England winners. That could be. You know. That could be. Maybe. she's
0: gotta be happy too. It's yeah. warmer down here. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well they're moving to Miami.
0: Yeah, they got the big house going up yeah. in Miami. That's gonna take at least two years to build,
1: right? So Well, you know, you got a two year um, contract here, so you're here for those years and
0: you got one more year, you'll probably have to add a year, you know, for twenty twenty two. I don't know when that'll happen or if it will happen, but um yeah, he's not he will not I I'd be willing to bet Steve's mortgage that Tom Brady will not will not leave after After this season.
1: Wow, thank you. Thank you for betting that. (laughs) Well,
0: hey, man, if you win, you know, get your mortgage paid off.
1: There you go. Brian asks, is Jason Pierre-Paul a Hall of Famer? Stats at this point, 89 sacks, twenty-four fumbles, 119 tackles for loss. He's close to Simeon Rice range, but could get a second Super Bowl and played a majority of his time with the Giants, which could help.
0: It will help him the fact that he was in a major market. There's no question, and his story is compelling because of the catastrophic hand injury that he came back from, and a lot of people thought he would never play again. He sort of had two careers, right? One one before that, and one since. And the car wreck, and and the broken neck. I mean, <laughs> this guy's job, but um, it, it really is compelling what he has been able to overcome. 89 sacks is not going to impress a lot of voters. Um, it's a lot of sacks, but a lot of these dudes have over 100. He may get there with one more season, though, uh, easily, because he's averaged about 10 um, since he's been with the Bucks. So if he gets over 100, wins two Super Bowls, goes he just made another Pro Bowl, I think that's four for him, I want to say, three or four. Um, not that that's the end all. What you have to be is a guy that dominated your position during your era, and they look for things like all-decade teams, which I don't know. I'd have to check to see if he's made one of those. Um, it will be a really tough conversation. There's a lot of pass rushers in the Hall of Fame. I think Simeon Rice deserves to be there. I think he, he may have the toughest path. I mean, that guy averaged 10 sacks a year for his entire career, just about. And, and we know what a big part of the Super Bowl run and the, and the good defenses he was in Tampa but a Super Bowl ring, yeah, and, and particularly if he plays well. Like, he played great in the championship game, right? So you look at moments. You know, when you get in that room, and I've been in there once as a voter, um, they highlight, you know, playoffs. They highlight the postseason. Uh, you just can't rack them up, you know, uh, against a bad team in, in September. So if he has some, some Super Bowl moments, he's had some playoff moments already, I'd say he'd have a pretty good shot at it and the New York market is a big deal too, because obviously, you know, you get more voters from some of the bigger uh, media markets, um, you know, multiple newspapers and things like that. Uh, So that, that will help him um, because I think there's a small market bias when it comes to the hall of fame. And that's why, you know, you don't see a lot of players from, you know, Carolina or Jacksonville or Tampa Bay and, and um, you know, it's just the way it is, but um, one more year of of production. And he signed for another year. I think he'd have a really good look at it, especially if he wins his second Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, he did not make the All def- uh, Decade team.
0: Not an just, All Decade. Uh, like that the, will hurt him. Yep. That will really hurt him because almost all those players do. You know, and it's one of the things they held against John Lynch. And so the problem with John Lynch's thing was is that his best years, right, as a player, he he was drafted in '93, but his best years were '95 to '05. Well, so you were great for half a decade in the 90s and fantastic for half a decade in the 2000s, but you weren't, you know, mm-hmm. your, your, your timeline came in the middle of both of them. Right. So it, it stopped John Lynch from making an all-decade team, and that was actually used, has been used against him um, simply because, you know, he didn't
1: make it either decade. Richard writes: I'm thinking of being in Tampa for the Super Bowl. Are there any places in particular holding watch parties near the stadium? Will the Bucks of the league have anything official to watch the game nearby?
0: Geez, I you know I don't know. I know that the uh, a lot of the events um, like the NFL experience are sold out, mm-hmm. right? A lot of the NFL and there's mask um,
1: mandates for those, even though they're
0: outside too now. Right? Yeah, the city of Tampa is doing that. I listen unless you're a huge fan of the Kansas City Chiefs and you just want to be around the atmosphere. They're not even getting here until Saturday. I don't don't believe Friday mm-hmm. or Saturday. Saturday, so, I think. Yeah. So I mean, my thing is watch parties. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of bars that are open. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but do you want to go there? You you feel safe? Do you feel comfortable? um I don't, i'm not aware i there's don't know there's the, no nfl sanctioned ones.
1: yeah i don't believe the league or the team is going to do anything officially mostly no. for social distancing and that they're trying that's to discourage correct. that stuff
0: that's correct they will not so yeah this will you know this is going to be more of a virtual super bowl uh, in every way i mean they're not even doing nfl honors where the, we talked about the hall of fame mm-hmm. when the hall of fame class will be announced and where they do the walter Payton man of the year and the offensive player of the year and all those awards they'll still have a TV show, but normally that would be held at Emily arena or someplace like that with a giant audience. It's going to be all virtual, you mm-hmm. know, everything. And I will say that in the NFL, because of where we're at with, with the inoculations and things like that, and we're way behind as far as uh, getting shots in people's arms. I, I would imagine the off season will look like last year's. I, I think by April, they still will probably want to do a virtual mm-hmm. NFL draft. I, I don't, I don't necessarily see a lot changing. Maybe maybe they go back out to Las Vegas and do some of it in person, but um, I think and you know I think they learned some things too with the off-season workouts. I think the players like the fact they didn't have to be in facility that they could do virtual meetings and mm-hmm. workouts on their own. And I think you're going to see a lot of those things still remain in place. And then until hopefully by next fall, when uh, when this country comes back. Um, and coronavirus is hopefully defeated, then we can get people back in the stadiums. But um, it's going to be a while. So, yeah, NFL parties, I wouldn't spend a lot of money trotting down to Tampa Bay for that. Hold up. What was that?
1: All right, David, right, and this was uh about a conversation we had earlier in the week. If other quarterbacks like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers try to form a super team, do you think they'd be in for a rude awakening when they find out how incredibly hard it is to do and win after Tom Brady made it look so quote easy?
0: Yeah, I do. I, I think it's hard to do where with your team or within somebody else's team. Um but I do think that this might lend some some credence to the idea. Um You know, look, the NFL is not basketball. It's not like LeBron and four other guys on the court. You know what I mean? I mean, you you know, if LeBron gets two free agents, you know, if he joins the Miami Heat with D-Wade and Chris Bosh, he can win a championship. And even then, it took him a a year, you know, or two to get, you know, to get into the finals and and win it. Um, So it's not basketball. But I do believe that NFL quarterbacks – particularly the legacy guys, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, if Russell Wilson, you know, has the longevity in Seattle. I do believe that they have immense power, regardless of what their contracts say, to say, I want to go, I want out, I want here, uh, I want. And, and, and I do think that they can have tremendous influence on free agents going to play with them. We saw it. I mean, Tom Brady kind of gave you the template, you know, if your contract's coming up and you don't think – if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're tired of Green Bay, and, of course, his situation is a little different. He's still got two or three years left. But even then, right, and we're seeing it with Deshaun Watson. Look at Deshaun Watson's situation. Deshaun Watson doesn't want to be with the Texans. And you know what? Even though he's under contract, he holds all the cards because he can just say, well, I'm not playing. And they have such a, an immense salary cap pit, you know, whether he plays or not. I mean, it just um, – you know – would would you rather, right, as a franchise, get a ton of draft picks for Deshaun Watson and maybe another quarterback to replace him as a legacy guy, or as a franchise guy, or are you going to sit there and say, well, you know, we're going to let him sit out and stew for a while because we're never going to, you don't want, you know, at that position in particular, you can't have a guy that's not all in, you can't have a guy that doesn't want to be there if he's the quarterback of your football team, he he wields too much power, and so I think I think those quarterbacks that have that kind of ability and that kind of, of pull are going to have a lot you are going to realize that they can do this and they can get out of situations and they can pick teams that have weapons and, and receivers and defenses. And, you know, and again, particularly like, look, what is Matthew Stafford going to do? You know um, the lions have said, they're going to trade him. He was what? 34 years old, 33, 34 years old. Still got a lot of football left in him he should try to get traded to a team. Now, you know, ultimately it's the lions can take whatever deal, the best deal that's out there, but he, he'll have a big say in it and he's going to make somebody, you know, a super bowl contender. I really believe that. So I think you'll see more and more of this. I, I I'm going to be interested to watch, especially the Texan situation who just hired uh, David Culley. I think, um, as their head coach used to coach here. In fact, uh, under Sam White a couple of years as a receivers coach, He's 65 years old now. And, um, I think these quarterbacks will be on the move and form and will form as, as go to as great a teams as they can find.
1: All right. We'll switch uh, topics a little bit here. And Paul asked, what's your take on the latest latest raised stadium developments with the lease running out now in six to seven years, I've got to believe the sense of urgency on the part of all parties is growing.
0: Well, it certainly is with the city of St. Petersburg because they want to, they want to develop that area and they should. And, um, you know, that that was kind of a weird, ugly scene, you know, with the mayor of St. Pete saying all the demands that the Rays had put on for a temporary home. I mean, they weren't even advocating remaining here. They're still pushing the Montreal plan. And, you know, I mean, if I'm Mayor Chrysman or anybody in the city of St. Petersburg, I'm like, look, why am I bo- – I'm building you a stadium and giving away all these development rights and, and, and revenue so that you can go play half your year someplace else. And – you know, for a long time, the Rays weren't even considering the Tropicana site. It was not; it was a non-starter. Now all of a sudden, it's back. It's back in uh, the discussion, which is great if they want to remain in Tampa Bay. Um, but I kind of agree with Christman. It's like, you know, what? Why are we? Why are we giving away the farm here um, when you guys are still, you know, looking to to split the season? I, I just I have a problem with that. And, and then Sternberg comes out and says, well, no, 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 it's just the starting point of our negotiation. We didn't say that was a bottom line. Well, let's get to the bottom line. Okay. Let, let's, let's stop playing the, you know, you'll get my best offer on the final day when the moving vans are pulling up. Let's go ahead and actually, you know, say what you mean and mean what you say. You want to be here. You don't want to be here. You want a temporary, you know, a, a six month stadium or a three month stadium, or do you want one where you can play year round in Tampa Bay? I mean, what, what in the hell do you want to do, Stu Sternberg? You know, spit it out so we can all read it.
1: Um Well, I think that, of, I think they've been very clear. They want the half half They year, want the Montreal, Montreal. plant. Okay, but they still well, got to get a stadium in Montreal as well, so they can't they can't go all in on it's going to be half half because you still got to get two stadiums at that part.
0: Right, but am I building you one on the premise that you're only here half the time and then and the, and giving you all the development rights to it or a bunch of development rights to the well, property? Yeah, that,
1: that I agree with that the City Pete can't do that.
0: I mean, I, I couldn't do it for a for a team that's only gonna play half its games here. I mean, we'll figure out a way to get you a stadium somewhere in Tampa Bay, maybe for half a year, but it won't be there and it won't be with that much a giveaway, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because he, what he's trying to do is, is use, you know, the development rights to finance his portion, quote unquote, his portion of the stadium, which he has never committed a, a number two either. And again, we're talking about half the season. What are we talking about? We're talking about practice. No, we're talking about half the season. We're not talking about a whole season. We're not talking about a team that wants to stay here. They still got this Montreal plan in their eyes. I'm, I'm, I'm with Christman on this one. I'm like, listen. You know, you want to talk about a, a full-time stadium. You want to stay in St. Pete. You want to, you know, you, you know, you want to use these development uh, rights to to finance some of this. When well, we can talk, but you know, this is not what you're coming to the table with me at. You're, you're and then and then to back down and say, well, you know, I'm not going to negotiate this in public. But that really, that was just our first offer. Well, Let's haven't why aren't we past that point? Or can we not just, you know put out the real, the real numbers and, 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 negotiate from a place of, you know, integrity here. And, and, you know, it, it, again, they still have the Montreal plan. And to me, to me that's a bit of a non-starter if I'm the city of St. Petersburg, I just is. I mean, that that's a valuable piece of real estate down there. One of the last ones in the city. I get why if I'm, if I'm, you know, somebody responsible for the, the good of St. Petersburg, um, why I'm not just going to give that away unless I get, you know, a baseball team in return. So that's how I feel. I
1: I don't know how anybody else feels, but that's how I feel. All right. Steve asks, do you think that Josh Heupel jumped at a bad SEC job at Tennessee because UCF may struggle in the near future? Are there any positive reasons why he would take the Tennessee job?
0: Yeah, it's called money. Uh, My guess is he got paid more, but money. even even so.
1: And he's working for an athletic director he knows and trusts and likes. You don't know who the new athletic director at UCF was going to be
0: because Danny
1: White left. So part of it is yeah. you go follow the boss or the, the guy you enjoy working for.
0: Right. I mean, good for you. You've made an impression on the boss that when he got the Tennessee job, he reached back and brought you with him. That's how it's supposed to work when you have bosses. It hasn't necessarily worked that way for me, but I'm just <laughs> saying it's, it's supposed to work that way. Um, hey, you went from but, the
1: evening independent to the St. The Petersburg <laughs> well, Times. Yeah, and- I
0: told that story. There you go. Bob Silver, where are you? You should, brought me to Seattle. You like me so much. I think Bob's retired now um but nonetheless uh you know i tennessee it's look it's a step up right i mean no matter what you say about the worst team in the sec and i'm not saying they're the worst but you're you're in a power five conference okay a lot comes with that right a whole lot Uh, facilities recruiting budgets uh you know salary uh, elevation of your own profile i mean come on you know we're we're all big boys here. It's because he asked. You know, why did he go? Because mm-hmm. he asked. And and so and, and the thing is, and and I don't follow college football as closely as some do. I don't know that Hypel was doing all that great of a job at UCF, to be honest with you. I, I don't know that he wasn't, but I Well, he know, didn't
1: win a national championship.
0: No, there you go. Like Scott his predecessor, Frost but Yeah. Yeah. And Scott Frost, you know, went from there to Nebraska. Of course he had a tie to Nebraska, but I'm just saying Nebraska, Tennessee, you know you know, vantage Scott Frost, but it sure seems like, you know, UCF, like a lot of these teams in the American athletic conference, these are, these are not destination jobs. These are stepping stones, you know? Um, And so good for him, you know, now was it, was he going to find it Tennessee? Well, maybe the new athletic director will make a difference, but for whatever reason, Rocky top has been down for a long time um, since full, Phil Fulmer, but uh, and Peyton Manning probably, or Ty or, or T Martin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it should be it should be a place where you can play and have success. It shouldn't be you know, a doormat, but they've had a lot of coaches run through there, and nothing has worked yet. So I get why Hypo went, and frankly, you know, there's a, there was every reason to go. I don't think it's about UCF. I think it's about the opportunity of, of coaching in the SEC and coaching you know, with the support of that guy and, and whatever money they have in a Power Five conference, all that. So good for him. I, I'll begrudge him going.
1: All right, we'll end on this. And Adam wrote, says every time the playoffs come around, I can't help but think of Jim Morris' playoff rant. Got me thinking of the other famous press conference takes like, I'm a man, I'm 40, they are who we thought they were, et cetera. You really don't know the names of those who asked the questions, though. I was curious if there are more famous in Rick's line of work, and do they get kudos for getting those takes? I also wonder what your favorite take that you've ever gotten out of anybody has been.
0: Wow. I'd have to think about that. Uh, well, the one of the, my favorite soundbite, as you know, is you play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Hello? And, and then when I do that, you know, most people forget the hello, and that's what that's what annoys Herm Edwards. He always goes, "Don't forget the hello, hello." That was Judy Baptista, who you know you see on NFL Network, used to mm-hmm. work uh, in New York. Um, I don't know the. I should know because it's my business, but I don't know who asked the other questions of Denny Green. You know, mm-hmm. they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Um, or Jim Mora. Um, well, now now business- you have
1: access to every press conference and can actually see who asked questions. Back then, you didn't <laughs> yeah, always have that right.
0: access. Yeah, it's true. It's a, now it's a Zoom. Now call.
1: everything's you know shown live on NFL Network or you know whatever the sport, MLB Network, was, et cetera, Where back yeah. then you didn't, you just saw the sound bites.
0: I got to remember that because I I kind of like sit up here in my uh, you know in my room up here upstairs and and forget that national TV is actually potentially going to be watching this live. Oh, you know? I,
1: I I the amount of Zoom calls I sit on to for you know you name the sports and mm. the amount of reporters writers whatever that have no clue that this is being seen by everybody <laughs> you're just going what are you doing <laughs> was, not
0: to call him out but was, was it wasn't mark cook shirtless the other day he didn't know the camera was on you know or like
1: you know i mean i mean tattered <laughs> shirts or you know just i mean sitting there you know practically laying down on the couch you're like, you're like what are you doing everybody yeah. can see you
0: yeah i think you know that old uh you know the mute button also includes the video yeah. button. Sometimes you know it's the it's the Folger's coffee. Like you're afraid, yeah. you know. Yeah. Move that move that camera up. We can see your thigh. You know, kind of thing. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. The favorite. My favorite. What was the response that I got? Freak. Wow. Don't go leading the charge. Now Tom got a lot of them. You know. Yeah. He like did. I, especially on radio and things like that. You know discouraged i go back to disappointed discouraged there was that one um some pretty big ones with lovey for sure any gruden ones Uh, oh gruden had a bunch gruden had a bunch well yeah but i I wasn't the one that asked him and i can't repeat what he said but there was a guy tom balog used to work for sarah sudden tom had this this (laughs) tom would ask anything right and had no decorum whatsoever and Tom would appreciate me saying this because he didn't get, he didn't care, <laughs> he just didn't care, and and you know he's from Sarasota, so it's not like you know everybody in Tampa Bay read him. They read him in Sarasota, and so you know Gruden kind of looked at him funny. He looked at a lot of us funny all the time. And uh, one time, Belog was asking a question. He kept repeating the record. I said, and eh, Tom, you know, I, I, John, you you know you're you know you're, you're three and you're three and seven, you're three and eight, you're you're three and seven, you're three and seven, and." You know when you, when you get to be three and seven, and, you, and Gruden just had like about the fourth time. You know you just see Gruden was starting to seethe, right? And he goes, "You like saying that, don't you? You like saying three and seven, don't you? Why don't you just kick me in the?" And then he said it, right? And I and we were all like, oh, "Man, we're on the floor laughing." But yeah, there, there's been there's been some. I mean, I have to think there's not been any there's not been any like we haven't had that meltdown, right? I mean. The closest it came to a moment was, uh, and I don't think anybody really. I, I asked the question. You can go back. I wrote it. It's called the Crying Game with Josh McCown. The first year under Levy Smith, they were one and eight, and he had poured his heart in, in into the uh, to the season, and he was going to be benched, right? Um, but they lost a close game, and he came in there, and he just got emotional all of a sudden. We're like, wow, Josh, why are you so emotional? He's just like, one and eight. One and eight. He just kept crying, you know, I was like, whoa. Um, so I asked that question. But there's been a few. There hasn't been uh, there hasn't been the one that would be captured nationally yet, but uh there's definitely been a couple. Hey, thanks for your uh Super Bowl. I guess it'd be mailbag questions with with a raised question mixed in there as well. Hey, this uh episode has been sponsored by Marina Bay, Saint Petersburg. They have luxury waterfront homes where sports fans and enthusiasts live and play. Marina Bay is a 60-acre gated community on Bocasiega Bay. All new construction and available right now. Contact them at marinabaystpete.com or you can call them at 727-906-3300. That's 727-906-3300. We are just one week away from Super Bowl 55. We'll have lots of coverage next week. Of course, in the meantime... Have a great weekend. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. We will talk to you on Monday.
1: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more.